Hi y'all, this is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer that this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. Then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement this week. You can also find me at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. Let's get started. Hi y'all, Carrie D here, and welcome back to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Now, you know, when I meet with moms who are feeling frustrated or overwhelmed, I usually tell them that they need to find their family's groove. Now, if you've been homeschooling for at least six months, you know exactly what I mean by your family's groove. It might be somewhat different each day, but the basic rhythm is the same. Now, in the past few years, the terminology has changed, but the concept is the same. Nowadays, homeschooling moms refer to their family's unique groove as their daily rhythm. Well, whatever you call it, we all have it. You see, your daily rhythm may look very similar to our families, or it might look completely different. But that's the best part of your family's unique groove or your family's unique daily rhythm. Now, over the years, I've noticed many moms do this, and I know I was guilty of it too. I spent way too much time on formal lessons during the day. Now, my early homeschool days, they were really upside down. Now, as moms, we have many, many, many tasks that we need to do each and every day. Homeschooling was just a part of it. And in hindsight, it was really a very small part of each of my day. Now, as a mom, what do we spend most of our time doing? Well, cooking, cleaning, nurturing, running errands. You know the things we need to do in order for our homes to run somewhat smoothly and for our kids to be somewhat healthy. Now, once I realized that these daily and weekly tasks were a very important part of my children's education, well, I incorporated and counted these times as part of our lessons. It was real life learning. Then when I finally believed, and it took me a while, but when I finally believed that children really do learn best through play and started applying God's command for Sabbath and rest into our days and weeks, then I didn't feel so guilty about spending time outdoors and letting the kids have tons of free time. And let's admit it, meal times, you know, and everything that goes into it, planning, prepping, cooking, eating, and then cleaning up after, well, that happens at least three times a day. It's an important part of our day, and yes, it too is an important part of our children's education. All three of these things, the daily chores, free time and rest time, and meal times, they naturally take up the majority of our days. They are an important part of our family's daily rhythms. What was left after these things was formal lesson time. Now, if my priorities were to educate my children at home, 
and not to do school at home, then the formal lessons should just be a small portion of our day. This epiphany blew my mind and freed up my schedule. So the first thing that you need to do when you're trying to create a daily rhythm is to embrace everything you do and everything your family does as education and real life learning. Next, I've learned over the years as well that our daily rhythm is really a living, breathing, ever-changing organism. While it has remained quite constant over the years, it has changed or morphed depending on the seasons of our homeschooling or the maturity level of the kids, our home business schedule, and our weekly needs of those that we were caring for. Having a daily rhythm helped me to be intentional with our time. Rather than trying to stick to a strict time schedule or daily must-do list, I've learned that finding our groove helped our family feel more at peace and helped me feel more in control. It also eliminated or at least lessened the feelings of failures that I had if or when things didn't go quite as planned. Now, I'm always hesitant to put times next to, you know, our family's daily rhythm. When finding your family's groove, you will notice that there are specific times during the day that just work better for certain things. When creating your daily rhythm, try to think in time blocks instead of rigid time slots. Try to keep your days open with a lot of wiggle room so that when things don't go as planned, there's room to shift things around. Now first, let me talk a little bit about homeschooling with toddlers and homeschooling with teenagers. If you're homeschooling with a toddler, then you will have your own unique set of blessings and challenges. When homeschooling with toddlers, make sure you realistically look at your daily rhythm and plan accordingly. Now, for some easy ways to homeschool with toddlers in tow, make sure you listen to Coffee with Carrie Homeschool podcast, episode number 103, called Tot Schooling, Homeschooling with Toddlers. Now, homeschooling with high schoolers also has its own blessings and challenges, too. Don't be afraid to totally rearrange your daily rhythm once you have a teen in the house. Now, for more ideas, make sure you also listen to Coffee with Carrie Homeschool podcast episode 104, Homeschooling the High School Years. So what did our basic daily rhythm look like? Well, the first block of time was always my personal quiet time and my morning computer work time. For me, this usually started around 5.30 in the morning, but hey, I'm a morning person. And then I set aside another small block of time for lesson plans and meal prep for the day. Now, for me, this usually started around 7 or a little bit before the kids usually woke up. Then our next big block of time was for chores and creative free play. My kids needed to explore and create and play before we got started with lessons. For some reason, they just couldn't concentrate if they didn't have time in the morning to create and play first. And for me, the beds needed to be made and I needed the dishes cleared and in the dishwasher or I couldn't concentrate throughout the day. The beds and the dirty dishes called my name and beckoned me to come give them attention throughout the day. So it was best that we dealt with all of them before we got busy with lessons. Now, the kids also had to brush their hair and teeth before lessons started. 
because it never failed. We would get engrossed in something and then frantically remember we needed to be somewhere. It was less stressful knowing that when that happened, and it happened often, the kids were basically presentable if we had to rush out of the house. Now, my favorite chunk of time was our soul food time, aka our breakfast and family devotion time. This was a priority for us, so it was always done first. And then depending on the ages of the kids, this time may have lasted anywhere between 15 and 30 minutes, give or take some time. Then came our morning time and family style lessons. Now this block took up the majority of our morning. We tried to do as much as we could together as a family. This always included family read aloud too. Then after an hour or two, again depending on their age, maturity level, and our schedule for the day, we stopped for a block of free time. Our brains needed a break, our bodies needed to move, and the kids usually needed another breakfast or a snack. Then we spent a smaller block of time on independent work. This is when the kids went off and did their own math or reading lessons. Sometimes it was with me if they were younger, and sometimes it was work they did independently. Since we did so much as a family during our morning time, there really wasn't much left for the kids to do independently. But keep in mind, this did change quite a bit once they hit high school. Then around 1230-ish, we stopped our lessons and spent some time eating lunch. Then the afternoon was pretty much one big chunk of time. It was free time, outdoor play, Sabbath rest, cleaning up our school messes, extracurricular activities, and if older, maybe finishing up some of their independent work. Now, during the final block of time, we usually ate dinner maybe around six and then chilled as a family. And then it was kid bedtime and mom time. So again, see your daily rhythm, it might look completely different than mine, or it might look very similar. The idea is to figure out what your groove is and look at your day as chunks of time instead of strict time schedules. So let's take a look at each of my family's time blocks. Now, like I said, I always started my day off with my personal quiet time and morning computer time. I usually start my day before the sun comes up. Like I said, I'm a morning person, so this works best for me. And y'all, I'm no good to anyone after 8 p.m. My brain just doesn't function well after a long day. So after I make a pot of coffee, I sit down with my Bible and journal in hand, and I spend most of this time in God's Word. Then when I'm finished reading my Bible, I open up my computer. I try to respond to all of my business and personal emails and correspondence before the kids wake up. At least that's my goal. Because if I didn't, then I was distracted during the day and I would often go back to it and spend too much time responding to other people's needs instead of helping my children with their own needs. This is when I also worked on things needed for our homeschool co-op that our family leads. This is where I would update social media or record podcasts for Coffee with Carrie, or I would write articles for the blog or Wild and Free Bundles. And sometimes if I hadn't got to it yet, this is when I prepared lessons for the homeschooling classes that I taught. Now, my next block of time was lesson prep and meal prep for the day. So as the kids started to wake up and wander around the house, I made my way to the kitchen. I put something in the crock pot for lunch or dinner, or I would prep the veggies and meat for dinner, or I would pull something out of the freezer for supper. 
I spent time each month making dinners in bulk and freezing them because I found that this really helped eliminate chaos around dinner time and it helped us to stay on a budget too. Now, we didn't have full course meals at breakfast time, but the days that I did splurge and prepare things like pancakes or egg omelets, I did it during this block of time. Most mornings, however, the kids prepared their own breakfast. They made cereal, overnight oats, sliced fruit, cinnamon toast, stuff like that. I rearranged our kitchen a long time ago so that the kids could reach simple and healthy foods and snacks. And I also trained them from an early age to fix their own breakfast and to be ready at the kitchen table for morning devotions. I usually didn't prep for lunch much either since the kids took turns prepping and cooking most of our lunches. Now, our next block of time in our daily rhythm were for chores, home care, and creative free time. Early morning chores and home care were essential for me. You know, I realized in college that I didn't think well or function well in mess. If I knew that there was a sink full of dishes waiting for me, I just can't concentrate on morning lessons. Like I said, all I heard were those dishes calling my name. So for my sanity, we made beds, we brushed our teeth, we combed our hair, and we loaded and unloaded the dishwasher first thing in the morning. I also learned early on that my daughter couldn't concentrate on schoolwork if she didn't get her creative energy out first thing in the morning. And my son certainly couldn't concentrate on lessons if he couldn't work on his latest project when he first woke up. So after chores were done, the kids always had some time to draw, create, or build with their Legos. This is when I got material ready for the day if I didn't have time to do it earlier in the morning or over the weekend. There's nothing worse for disrupting your daily rhythm than looking around for sharpened pencils or a box of crayons or the kid-friendly scissors. And if pages needed to be printed, I tried doing all of that before we started our family devotions. Now, our next block of time was soul food time, aka breakfast and family devotions. We always did family devotions at breakfast. At this time, I had everyone's undivided attention. We called it soul food time because we were feeding our minds, bodies, and souls all at breakfast. Check out past Coffee with Carrie homeschool podcast episodes that I've done on family devotions. The very first one, episode number one, is called The Number One Homeschooling Essential Bible Time. And check out episode number 23, Simple Family Devotions. Now, our daily rhythm naturally moved from breakfast time into our morning time and family style lessons. As a whole family, we did most of our lessons together at this time. Sometimes we gathered around the kitchen table for it, sometimes we gathered on the couch, and sometimes we gathered outside underneath our tree. When the kids were younger, morning time started with calendar activities and Bible memory work. We also did our three core activities together. We read aloud as a family, we did our family writing activity together, and we played a game, which was usually math-related. Then I used a rotating schedule to loop in things like poetry and map work and nature journaling, art studies, U.S. history and president memorization, and even a little Shakespeare. Even if there was a teen in the mix, we did all this together. The older student would just memorize more, write more, and research more. Then we would do an activity that had to do with the historical time period we were studying that year, or we would do a fun science activity that focused on the scientific topic we were learning about. 
we learned as much as we could as a family. It saved time, it made planning easier, and it was just more fun. So for more ideas on how to learn as a family, check out some past Coffee with Carrie Homeschool podcasts, episode number four, episode number five, which is on morning time, episode number 19, which is on math morning time, episodes number 21 and 22, which is about doing history together, and episode number 84, where I actually talk about morning basket and a looping schedule. Now, our next block of time was our break or free time. This was usually spent outside in the backyard, depending on the weather. This was always a much-needed time to stretch our legs and get some fresh air. After we took a much-needed break and usually ate a snack, we hit the books one more time. This is when the kids did their independent work. Most years, this consisted mainly of maybe doing math, phonics, or, or some kind of writing. Most of this work, the kids could do on their own. They usually only came to me if they got stuck on something or they wanted to run an idea past me. This was also a good time for for them to practice their piano or their violin or to learn lines for an upcoming musical that they were in. This was also the time that I would work with a child one-on-one with something, such as maybe a new spelling rule or a new math concept. It was also the time that I would spend cuddling with my toddler. I found if I gave my little guy some one-on-one undivided attention right smack in the middle of the day, he was good to play and keep himself occupied for a little bit longer. Now, when the kids were older, independent work was usually a bit more as they started to take more classes outside the home. This is when they would do research for maybe a biology class or study for an upcoming math test or work on a presentation that they had to do for a mock trial class. This is also when one of the kids would prepare lunch for the rest of us, because each child was assigned a day or sometimes two days a week. They were responsible for preparing lunch for the rest of us. Now, by this point, we were done for the day and were ready to eat lunch. During lunch, we would talk about morning lessons, their independent work, plans for the rest of the day, and really anything else that came up during our morning time. We usually played a game at lunchtime, too. Because this is how I would fit in some of that art and history and geography and science topics that we didn't get to cover during morning time. And then after lunch, we would clean up and either head outside or go to our rooms. Our daily rhythm naturally moved into our next block of time, which was our largest block of time. This is when we finished things up and we had our free time, our outdoor play and our cleanup time. In the teen years, they usually had some work that they needed to finish or things they needed to run by me for correction. So they usually did this during or after lunchtime. In the early years, this was our nap time or our quiet time in our rooms. My son would quietly play with his Legos while my daughter would read her latest trilogy series. And the rest of the day was spent outside playing, creating something inside, or playing more games. Before we left the house for extracurricular activities or a trip to the library or to hang out with friends at park day, we would tidy up the house and put our schoolwork back on their shelves and into their specific baskets. Now, your home may have different rules, but we didn't allow any screen time till late afternoon. I just found that my kids in particular 
we get mesmerized by cartoons or video games and TV shows. And then it was just too hard to get their full attention after they spent an hour watching something. So I would record their favorite shows and would let them watch them a little bit before dinner time. Now as teens, they did need their computers to do a lot of their work, but we tried hard to keep the phones and social media usage to a minimum during the morning hours. Now, homeschool kids are the busiest kids I know. My kids were in tons of extracurricular activities. So I tried to guard our mornings. I planned play dates and field trips and outside classes after lunchtime or in the late afternoon. Since most kids are in traditional school, most of their dance and karate classes and sports practices started after 3.30 anyway. It was during this afternoon time block that I also would finish up dinner. Our next block of time was dinner time. And we ate together every night. It was a priority for us. As the kids became teens, it was harder and harder to plan family dinners without someone being missing. So when my husband started working from home, we started eating together as a family at lunchtime instead, just in case someone had a meeting or a baseball practice or rehearsal at dinner time. Our daily rhythm then ended the day with family time and kid bedtimes. When the kids were younger, my husband read to them at bedtime. But as they got older, most of our read aloud time happened during morning time, and then the kids read to themselves at bedtime as a way to relax. Well, not my son. He would listen to an audiobook instead. Now, my husband wasn't big on games, so during family time, we would watch movies or documentaries together and do something that my hubby enjoyed. I was always pretty strict about bedtime, too. When the kids were younger, I needed them bathed and in bed by 8 o'clock at night. My daughter mentally exhausted me with her questions, and my son physically exhausted me with his energy. Eventually, the bedtime moved to 9 o'clock, and then as they got older, and as long as they were in their rooms, they could read, play games, talk with friends, play the keyboard, whatever, just as long as the lights were out by 10. And my last block of time was my time. Now, I'm not a bubble bath kind of a person. When the kids were nestled in bed, I put on my comfy PJs and hit the sack. I would read, listen to an audiobook or a podcast, watch the news, it's a huge vice of mine, or binge watch a true crime series or a baking show. It was also my time to catch up with my hubby, thank the Lord for our day, and pray over the following day. It was important to me to have a daily Sabbath break, and for me, that usually came at the end of the day. Now, on a final note, when creating your daily rhythm, consider your family's weekly groove, too. Now, we often planned four-day school week because this allowed for wiggle room. A four-day week also allowed us plenty of time for the unexpected. If someone got sick, we had an extra day for doctor appointments. If our homeschool group planned a really fun field trip, we had an extra day to attend. If our nature club was going on a hike, we had an extra day to explore with them. If our co-op had classes that year, we had an extra day to participate. It also gave us a little wiggle room to catch up when we needed it, and it gave me a little extra day on the weekend to plan for next week's lessons. Remember, there's no need to do school at home. You don't need to model your home education after traditional schools, because learning happens all the time. 
Just breathe. Find your family's groove. Lean into your natural daily rhythms. And remember that home education is a lifestyle. Thank you for hanging out with me and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining me, make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you're new to homeschooling or you're looking for ways to simplify and streamline your homeschooling, this is a perfect book to read. You can purchase it at Amazon or at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. If you heard something you liked or something new, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week or with a mom friend who needs to simplify her days. And if you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcasts and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. You know, this is the best way to help other moms find our podcast and to be encouraged too. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, my podcast, and my book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.